your life situation and your life path is very different from mine. Mm -hmm. To say you're basically the same as me is in some ways to erase the real differences. Mm -hmm. Instead, what sure. I should say is you're different from me. I have so much I could learn from you because you're different right. from me. Right. So I like the idea of there being different religions yeah. because I have a lot to learn from other religions. Yeah. I believe that each and every one of us has the power within ourselves to create the life that we really want. And I want to help give you the tools to make that happen. I'm Danica Patrick, and I'm Pretty Intense. Today on the show, I'm speaking with Rabbi David Wolpe, who is a leading rabbi in America, an author, speaker, and was named one of the most influential people in America by Time Magazine. He was also named the most influential rabbi in America by Newsweek. We had a fascinating conversation, truly about how more alike we are than different. And, you know, I place the question on, does religion divide us or does it unite us? It seems like it divides it to me. And we talked about how we were similar and what we really want and the fact that, you know what, we all kind of want the same thing. So we built a bridge, not a wall. I hope you like the show today. Thank you so much for coming today. Pleasure. Um, I'm excited about this conversation because... Well, quite frankly, I don't think we agree on all exactly the same things, but I think that <laughs> makes a good, for a great conversation a, as you were it does. mentioning having your does, conversations right. with Sadhguru. Um, right. But I want to start a little bit more, um, I wouldn't even call it PC necessarily, mm -hmm. but, but maybe what's led you here today, and that's um, media. Yes, and right. that you were like, you know, silenced in a in a meeting with other rabbis in a, and by by saying that the way that you can get the religion out there is through media yeah and why is it so hard to turn the ship of institutions that have been around for so long whether that's you know the curriculum in school or you know the status quo of what a normal relationship looks like and how that goes into the world or the practices and traditions of religion right um, you know why is it that we can't why why is it so hard to evolve those things so I think that there are two related reasons one is as you get older, you become fonder and fonder of the things that you had in your youth. Mm. And you don't want to see them gone. And so, like for me, it's hard to see that newspapers are disappearing. Because I grew up with newspapers, and I love newspapers. And I go out in the morning, and I get them, even though it's a ridiculous thing to like kill all these trees. And you get to swipe dump up paper, on your Right, exactly. And I get to swipe it on my phone. So that's one, is you have a personal nostalgia. Okay. And then the other is that... Um, Institutions are, and, and religion and tradition is suspicious of change because things evolve very slowly and when you change them, you never know what you're losing along the way. Things that have unintended consequences. So um, when newspapers go digital, we're gonna lose certain things that we don't even realize we're gonna lose, um, like the question of how you monetize digital news. And if you can't monetize it well, then how do you hire all those reporters that are sure. gonna to go to 
nowhere and report on That's what's right. happening. Mm -hmm. um, or alt, someone just control alt deleting all information on the, on right. the internet or and then changing we lose everything. It. Exactly. Or changing it or putting <laughs> your face on my body or my body on, or my face on your body and saying this is actually what the person looks like and you have no idea if it's true. You can't do that with newspapers. Right. So there are variations that people are afraid of, but in the end I agree with the thrust of your question which is you have to change. You have to, if you don't change and you don't evolve, you die. And so media is incredibly powerful. And if you have a message that you care about and you don't use it to get mm -hmm. that message out, you're just being foolish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. What are some messages that you've felt that are the most important that are, um, you know, um, bucking the system well, and breaking the mold? And These days, actually, the message that I've, tried to push a little bit is actually this message. It's the message that you gave at the very beginning, which is that people who disagree can speak to each other and not scream at each other. Yeah. Because on Twitter and on Facebook, you know that outrage is, first of all, it's pleasure. People like to be outraged. It's fun to be outraged. <laughs> probably if, you're indignant, true. <laughs> if you're indignant about something, you feel really good about it. And there's so much anger and so much indignance that I feel as though it is impossible to persuade someone else of something because nobody gets persuaded by having someone scream at them. Mm. And so I try very hard to constantly reiterate that message, but it's a tough one in mm. our, especially politically these days. You know, um, I had a very special experience of being able to meet um, His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Mm. And that is really his message. Yes, very is much. To have everyone be able to get along and have there be tolerance for difference yes. and tolerance for, you know, I, I, I have heard that, you know, there are, uh, you know, people that practice other religions that come to your synagogue. Right. And to, so it's kind of interesting because you came from a background of being more of an atheist, really, from what yes. I understand. Right, for many years. And then yeah. going into religion specifically and yeah. diving all the way in and believing much more in religion and really not in spirituality. So, you know, here I'm looking at these messages well, from two different yeah. religions and you having this very inclusive um, um, demeanor to you, so, but yet you're so, fixed on religion. Let me tell you my, my problem with spirituality as opposed to religion. First of all, I wouldn't say I believe in religion and not spirituality. Okay. I think spirituality is an essential part of religion. It's at okay. the core. My problem with spirituality is alone. When people say I'm spiritual but not religious, I always want to ask them, how much do you give to charity? Because religion is the organized community's response to the promptings of spirituality. So I know in my synagogue, there are people who suffered losses. The community brings them meals, the community supports them, the community checks in with them, the right. community visits them, because that's what religion does. Mm. But if I say I'm a spiritual person, what obligations do I have as a result of being spiritual? None. But if I say I'm a religious so-and-so, a religious so-and-so has to do the following things. And I'm always suspicious of things that make us feel good about ourselves, but don't obligate us to do something for someone else. And that's why I think it's dangerous to say what matters is spirituality and not religion, because that's saying what matters is feeling and not action. Why don't 
totally agree because I Fair don't enough. think that I don't think that while so here's how I would describe and again I'm by no means in your position. Um, I've had my own history and lineage of, of where I've gone in my life with uh, religion being in and out. Um, but to me, spirituality is saying, I don't attach myself to one religion. Spirituality is saying, I believe in a collective, in a collective idea or, um, you know, so it's not that I don't believe I should give, I absolutely give to charity. I also absolutely no, I don't, to the I people around me. I didn't say that people me. say they, they shouldn't give. I'm saying mm -hmm. spirituality alone doesn't contain those obligations. And, and to say... I didn't know that there was really say, like an obligation to oh, give even if I was is, in religion. Like I was a Catholic. Judaism, I mean, Judaism I, well, Catholicism, don't you pass around the plate? Yes. And, okay, you know, but if, I, you're spir if you're spiritual, nobody's giving you a plate, right? It's true. And that's the, that to me is the difference. And it almost like... <clears throat> When people say, I pick and choose from different religions, I want to say to them almost, you, you don't speak lots of languages at once. You speak a spiritual, rather religion is a language. It's Judaism is the language I speak to God. Other mm -hmm. people speak other languages. Mm -hmm. But the more you know your language and the deeper you go into it, the more you can express. I think I can be more universal the more Judaism I know. So for me, you got to go deep, not broad. I'm sure that in your sport, you had to have a deep and detailed knowledge. That's what made you excellent. Sure. You couldn't say, oh, I think I'll get in a car and drive around. You had to really know it. So I think when someone really knows their tradition, if they have deep roots, mm -hmm. that's what gives you broad branches. Do you believe in the idea that essentially all religions are rooted in like the same core values? And so if you know enough about one, you essentially can know more about others and... Can I say yes and no? Sure, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yes I'm and gonna no. hope you explain yourself <laughs> yes a little and no. bit. No. But okay, I will. It's okay to say um, yes and no. I would say most religions, since I don't know all, yeah. Share most values, mm -hmm. but they express them differently and live them differently. Mm -hmm. And there are some real value and idea differences in different religions that are reflected in different societies. So that's why I don't try to judge other religions mm -hmm. because I don't live them. Mm -hmm. And when people ask me, like, why is Judaism better than this or that, I always tell them that my job is to argue for Judaism's excellence, not its superiority. Because I never was a Hindu. So am I going to say what's wrong with Hinduism? I don't know. Um, but I don't think that by being Jewish, I know what it is to be a Hindu. No. I think they, people do live differently in different cultures and societies. But all are okay. I, well, I don't even want to say all are okay. I think all the major cultural traditions have rich and beautiful things to bring. Some of them over time turn in ways as we know, like nations do, that are dangerous or destructive. Mm -hmm. So, and have to self-correct at some point. I mean, we certainly know that in the history of Western tradition. I don't think any Jew could say religions have always been okay when Jews have suffered so much yeah. sometimes under right. the regimes of certain religions. To me, with religion, again, with my belief of spirituality versus religion, religion being just that you're, you're fixed with this one set of beliefs, um, spirituality is sort of all-encompassing. 
it feels like there's so much negativity that's gone on in the world due to religion. I don't believe because that. Because they divide. It's like, you are a man, I am a woman. You are Jewish, I am a Christian. You are black, I am white. Like there's so many things that divide and the more things that we can do that unite feels to me positive. And that's, I think that here is where I really think Judaism has something to say to the world because I hear a lot of people make that argument and I understand it on an intuitive level. Mm -hmm. But in the end, I don't think it's right. And I'll, the reason that I don't is there exist and always will exist differences between people, all sorts of differences. Nobody is a person in general. Yeah. Everybody grows up in a certain place, has a certain family, has a, on and on. So the question is not to make all people the same. The question is what one rabbi calls the dignity of difference. Yes. You, your life situation and your life path is very different from mine. Mm -hmm. To say you're basically the same as me is in some ways to erase the real differences. Mm -hmm. Instead, sure. what I should say is you're different from me. I have so much I could learn from you because you're different right. from me. Right. So I like the idea of there being different religions yeah. because I have a lot to learn from other religions. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, ha I did just recently read something about how and have a conversation about how the differences are how you grow. Without the differences, how right. do you learn? How yeah. are you challenged? And so then maybe the real question is, why the hell do we fight so much about <laughs> it? Right? Yes. Why do we fight so much about it? Because, I, I mean, I think this is based in human nature. When you have, when you're, I mean, all you have to do is go to a playground. When a new kid comes to the playground, what do the other kids do? Do they say, oh, look, a new child. Let's, let's bring him in and give him our... No, they say, get the new kid. Um, the idea, I think, and, and religion at its best does this, is you have to have something that transcends all the differences. And the only thing I know that transcends all the differences is the idea that we're created by one God. I don't know why else... We share DNA, so what? We share DNA with other creatures too. Mm -hmm. But if we all have one parent, I don't want to say father, one parent, mm -hmm. then we're all related and all children. So then you're implying, and it's not necessarily, are you implying that God is a man or a woman, or are you just saying mom or dad? I'm saying God, God <laughs> is a man or a woman like love is a man or a woman. Since okay. God is intangible, God has no Right, I'd gender. love to hear your... Yeah explanation of of God. What uh -huh. is God? Not necessarily maybe even right. who, but like I, explain the okay, entity. To the, the extent, the extent, first of all, I assume I can't begin to explain God because as I sometimes say to, to the high school students, when you were two years old, you had no idea what it was to be a high school student. <laughs> and the difference between us and God is much greater than between a two-year-old and a high mm -hmm. school student. So mm -hmm. I have no idea. I can say what, how I experience God in the world, which is different from what God is. And the way I experience God in the world is that the world is a unified creation that has in it enormous potential for goodness, for caring, and for love, and also gives us the possibility to be destructive and hateful and the choice to be better. So God is in part the force that creates the meaning of life, which is to grow in soul and to show that you can be better and 
the better you are, I think, the closer you grow towards whatever God is. So could God be a, an energy? Um, I almost don't want to say what God is or could be, uh, because as soon as I put any definition on God, I'm sort of limiting mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and my mind is not, does not begin to be spacious enough mm-hmm. to begin to understand what God could be. So I will say that God is what makes those possibilities possible. Beyond that, I'm not sure that I could give it's a word to it. It's called an omnipresent energy then? So it's <laughs> everywhere all the time? Um, I would say that my understanding of whatever God is is that, that there is no place that is absent of that. Whatever, what, uh, whatever God is, yes. So omnipresent, but I don't know if I would use energy um, because there are things that are energy and things that aren't, and I'm not yet comfortable or may what never isn't? be comfortable. And what is? Um, like static things. Everything is made of energy, so are you. Okay, so if everything is energy, is God the same as everything, that I'm not comfortable with either. That's why it's... There are arguments that I've read about that, yes. Definitions are really tough. Definitions are really difficult. I prefer to stay away from definitions of what God is and stick closer to how you experience God or what God does in this world. Okay, because it doesn't matter, essentially, right? No, I, I agree. It, it kind of doesn't matter what he is. Unless you think maybe like I think where I'm like, if I can understand a little bit better what, then I can tap into that better. So for me, right. in my experience and my curiosity, I would say that to me, God is the highest frequency energy. There is a, I believe in this I believe that everything has a frequency and energy. Your water glass, you do. If you took all the humans in the world and condensed them down to dense matter, we're an apple, everybody in the world. (laughs) So we're energy. We're we're at a subatomic level. There's a tiny, 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 tiny little particle, but otherwise just moving around Mm -hmm. energy, protons, and you know, they're all, it's just, that's what we are is energy. So if I think about I think about God, I think about love, and love being such this high vibrational, like amazing energy that is overwhelming and can take, o- take over your whole body. I think that if, if God is love, then, then I, I feel like I've felt that love frequency before, glimpses mm-hmm. of it here and there, because I think that there's higher levels of it than just like residing in a place of where you love someone. There are peaks to it. And if you just keep going from there, then you get to God energy. And Mm -hmm. that's why I try and operate in a way that I feel that I try and put myself in a position, whether I kind of force it through writing down and affirmations and things that are in a positive direction. But I think that the more, the higher my frequency is by the more positivity I incorporate into my life and having the right people around me that also have that higher frequency, then I get closer to that. Then I am living a better life because I believe that the, the, the fear and the hate and the jealousy and the envy are low vibrational and that's also where disease resides, disease of the body and that you can't at a high, very high frequency, those, those problems also don't exist. So you've heard of like stress will kill you, right? right. That's a low frequency vibration. 
So for me, I think of God as, as an energy and it is my job if I want the best life in this world that I possibly can to do right, which is be kind, which is give, which is be generous, be selfless, help. Um, and that gets me closer. And I, I mean, I think that that's a beautiful way of thinking about God in the world. Um, I, I, first, I think we have, I'm more, I have two sort of caveats. One is that I think a lot of disease is random. It doesn't have to do with the person. Um, there are people who are wonderful people, pure souls, so on, and they have a genetic problem or some other problem and they get ill. Uh, so I'm not sure that there's any frequency at which human beings can operate where the normal biological processes can't go wrong. That's one. I want to say that because I'm leery of well, you've gone telling through people, plenty. right? And I've had cancer a couple of times, yes. and so and I'm leery of telling people who are sick that you're sick because you could have actually done something different and not been sick. Um, the second thing that I would say is, I still believe that people are in, are in need of certain directions and ideas, and that that's what religion at its best does. Because most ethical problems that we have in this life are not a choice between right and wrong. They're a choice between competing rights. Like when you try to decide, do I give my money to this charity or that charity, and you can't do both. It's not that one is right and one is wrong, but you, ha and, but you have to have a system for thinking about and understanding which is better for you at that time. And at least in my experience, a religious system, which is the collective wisdom of thousands of years, can be very helpful in figuring out ways to live that good life that you spoke about. By doing what? By giving you guidance okay. about the different ways mm -hmm. that you could, that you mm -hmm. can live that life. Because the, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not one of those people who believes that my highest self mm -hmm. is always, even if I can access it, is, is always gonna make the best decision. How does I think the, we're too flawed. How does the tithing help that? How Would does, you call it the same thing in right. well, Jewish yes, religion? Actually, tithing, yeah, tithing comes from the Hebrew Bible, so okay. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so it presumably helps that if people are using that tithing wisely. I mean, now some churches do, some churches don't. Some synagogues right. do, some synagogues don't. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I say the, the flaw in the system, if it's a flaw, is human nature. And human nature is intractable and difficult. And, and I've never seen a world I've never seen any world where you don't have people being sometimes angry and petty and small and all of that. And as you said, we all find it in ourselves. Right. It's yeah. within you. And it's right. within you to, find, to fix that. Well, to, it's within you to make it better. I'm not right. sure that you can ever fix it. So that, it. to me, based on especially how you've described spirituality, is yeah. about the self. Yeah. So how can you leave that out it, as I'm being such a I'm not leaving it out, really but it's also important. about the community. It's about the self, but it's it. also about the community. So the I think community it's both. is where religion really hits you hard. That's At what, least that's to the me. part that I think so. Yeah, that brings you in. Yes. And you know, I can say that you know, yeah. quite casually, like, I mean, I have my you know, high vibe tribe. Yeah. I mean, we kind you you, right. you find your people. Yes. So I wouldn't say that just because I don't practice specific practice a specific religion means that I don't have my group I agree. and I don't have my tribe of people that that uh, in my community of people that are like-minded and that we're doing good things or that we're thinking a positive way and helping and 
passing on, you know, positivity and optimism. I totally and that agree. Kind but let stuff. me just give you an example of what I mean. And I think that you're absolutely right. And people do, especially people who are who care about these things, find other people. Right. And I don't mean to suggest for a minute that people who are spiritual don't do yeah, that. You've made that clear um, for sure. I, I have a friend who rebuilt an orphanage in Haiti. So mm -hmm. I went down there and um, I went to the general store, which in this case was like six shelves with three things on it, right? <laughs> and, and I met this guy and I said, what are you doing here? And he said, we're building houses outside the city limits. And I said, how long have you been here? He said, 20 years. I said, what brought you here? He said, my son. My, I said, how long has your son been here? 30 years. Why did you come? He said, because our church told us we should. And I thought, you will find very few people, there are some, who will spend decades doing something, a thankless task for people who are poor in, in basically abandoned parts of the world who don't have some kind of religious motivation. Many, many more do than don't. Some will. There are Doctors Without Borders. Mm -hmm. But the biggest aid organization in the United States is an evangelical organization outside of mm -hmm. Seattle mm -hmm. called World Vision. Most people don't know about that. But the motivator to do good in good religion is really incredibly powerful and widespread. And so I guess I feel as though religion gets a very bad rap these days and people don't sometimes account for how much good it does in the world that nobody sees. Mm, that's true. I, I do I do love to see the positive side of it. And so yeah. when I think about religion, I think they're all good, right. but they do bad things. Yes. Humans do bad things because there's yeah, the human element, right? I, yes, and there's, there's corruption. Yeah. There's things that are inappropriate going on. There's, you know, there's greed, there's mm. ulterior motives. There's, I mean, there's poor messages. I and think the, that's bad too, right? And like, the problem is, I remember when yeah. I went to church, I would be like, if yeah. I don't get a good message out right. of this, there's no point in going. I almost feel blasphemous for going to just sit there and think, now I went to church. Exactly. Like if I don't get the message, what's the point? And the problem is, of course, that religion gives you power and power is dangerous for people to have. And I know as a rabbi, I see like people take sometimes what I say more seriously. And if I want to abuse that, yeah. it's easy to abuse. Mm. You know, as a celebrity, people mm -hmm. take what you say more seriously. Mm -hmm. And if you want to abuse that, it's easy to abuse. And so there's a constant temptation to power. Yeah. And that's also something that religion <clears throat> has to well, fight with. You know, we had kind of touched on just like, you know, the difficulties and, you know, um, you know, negative vibrations, low vibrations, lacking positivity here and yeah. there. I feel like when you think about a religious leader, you think they must just be on exactly. cloud nine, right? right? They must just have a cake life and yeah. they're always so positive yeah. and they're walking around yeah. just levitating. Yeah. But that can't be true. And in fact, it I might be quite you. the opposite. So <laughs> I would just love to hear of like, you know, tell me your challenges. Well, you have the book, so, you also yeah. have life and you're a human. I would say the biggest, the biggest challenge, apart from all the other challenges that every other human being has, um, is that you are vested with this responsibility, which means two things. One, you worry about getting it wrong. And two, you know that human need is much greater than your capacity. Mm. And so I know at any given moment on any given day, I could be sitting there reading a book and I know that there are probably 20 people I could call 
that if I called, it would make their day or they would feel better or they're sick. And every moment that I don't, I mm. feel like, you know, the burden. Yes. It's a burden. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's the, it's the flip side of a privilege. Sure. Because right. when you do call, it. yeah, or when you do show up, right. people are really glad that you did, right. usually. <laughs> but, right. Um, but, but when you don't, right. it's, you know, it's, probably it's all, applicable yeah. to a lot of people's lives. It is. I think, I mean, by the way, I, mean, you I, said human element, I feel, I feel like when someone becomes famous, I always feel like people don't realize what a tremendous burden that is because when the 600th person comes up to you in the restaurant mm -hmm. and you're not nice, mm -hmm. they're going to feel not that they were the 600th person mm. and therefore you weren't nice. They're yeah. just going to carry, I saw that Patrick woman and I got to tell you, you know, she's just not a nice lady. And yeah. that's what you get. Yeah. So, there is definitely that burden of delivering yeah. on the expectation level. Yeah. And I'm sure you some, I'm sure you feel that. I think a celebrity feels that when they get famous, but a right. religious leader feels that, of course, you being a famous a rabbi, way. but then also being a religious leader and being this person that's supposed to be right. so zen and in the right space <laughs> all the time. So zen. No, because you're yeah. human. And right. so, you know, delivering on the expectation level of someone is one of the harder jobs yeah. because you have bad days and you're right. going to disappoint and yeah. uh you know you're not going to there the pedestal is really high right so that's i mean that's but on the other hand you know you get you get enormous benefits from yeah doing something among other things you get to feel like even if you have a bad day you didn't have a wasted day right. you never have a day where you right. didn't do something that was at least meaningful in the right. world at least by your own standards so right this kind of brings me to a word, sort of a word to, to talk about in general, because what I heard was that you have a lot of empathy. And, you know, that's why you are affected by not being able to touch everyone that you right. possibly can with every second of your day um, and, uh, and having to preserve your own energy just to right. operate in your life. Right. So, um, and empathy is a powerful word in just in culture for us to have more of. So... Um, what can we do to cultivate more of that? Yeah, I mean, I think that you, that that really is a big fault line in our life is that people can't imagine people unlike themselves very mm. well. And so I know, like, people, I'm the, the, the clearest is right now people on the left and people on the right speak about people on the other side as though... Yeah. They're just bad. Right. Not oh they have they they see the world differently from me. They're just bad. Right. And and I I mean among the um I think that the most important thing which is really hard these days is to have acquaintances but better friends outside of the circle that you normally operate in. You know, I mean I was lucky in that sense among other things when I came to the synagogue about half the synagogue were Jews from Iran. Mm -hmm. And people from Iran have a totally different life experience from anything that I had growing up in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. and, and it took a long time before I started to understand how they thought, because they would tell me, I think this, and I, of course, I started off thinking, no, 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 you're not correct. You don't understand this is the way the world is, not the way you think it is. And then I started to realize how provincial and arrogant yeah. that was, as though the world was the way it is if you grew up in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. We all need that experience. I mean, people in Los Angeles and New York and people who live in Des Moines 
don't have the right. same experience. <laughs> you sure. know this very well. <laughs> you know sure. this as well as anyone. Yeah. So, I mean, even Americans don't know each other very well, and that's yeah. too bad. To me, it's that fear factor of something outside of your norm that keeps right. people apart or skeptic or even apprehensive to engage yeah. because they judge without knowledge. And in my travels all over the world that I've gone on, which I got an app that you can put in all the countries you've been to, and hmm. apparently it's only 12% of the world, so I have a long <laughs> way to go. But I've found yeah. that everywhere I go, people are good. Yeah. Like, there are bad eggs, no doubt, right? right? But I'm betting they're probably dealing with something that's inside of them that yes. they need to adjust Almost and always. turn and fix so that they can go out right. into the world and be the human that they need, that right. they really want to be, too. Yeah. Um, but people are good everywhere you go. And I guess that's the tough thing about, you know, religion or a sports fan or a right. country you live in is they all feel like they give yeah. me a reason to go, I don't know if I like you. Right. You're Jewish? I'm not sure if we're going to agree on right. stuff. I don't know that. Oh, Kenya. Oh, that's dangerous. Right. I don't know that. Yeah. I've never been there. So, uh -huh. you know, that's why labels to me, you know, you know, or even like having 26 identifiable genders now or whatever <laughs> the number is, like, why do we need one more reason to go, you're different? Right. Well, I, I'm, what reinforces what you said is almost every country that I've traveled to, if you speak to the people of that country, they'll say, People here, our people are so nice. Everybody here is yeah. such a good person. Yeah. People do take an enormous pride in being good. Like Americans will say Americans are good people. Right. But, you know, every other country will say that too. Right. And that's because the general experience, I agree with you, of most people is that they're kind to each other. Um, yeah. But, but it's true. You have to overcome that natural distrust of difference. And one of the ways that you do it I think, is by having multiple identities. That is, if all you are is an American, mm -hmm. then of course other people in other countries are not mm -hmm. going to be you. Mm -hmm. But if you're also a mother and you're also, I don't know, uh, a, a soccer fan and you're also seven other things, find then there are other ways. Identify. What's that? Find yeah, exactly. Find more ways to identify with people who aren't like you because you're not, and nobody is one thing. We're right. all, we're all a zillion things. That's the fun part. Exactly. So there's, I, Whitman so said that. Maybe then, maybe then yeah. you like media. Right. Maybe this is a marketing issue. Maybe religion maybe. needs to be marketed in a different way from being something that is Rigid and Say one silly, thing. rigid, fixed in right. its beliefs, can be cult-like maybe right. in its activity, you know, it's, right. it's like practices yeah. and the things that you do and maybe inclusive within but not without as right. much. And, you know, maybe the marketing of religion needs to be rooted in f like finding your people, yeah. right? Or something like that. Or maybe in, you know, grow in this community to be able to give back. I, mean, I don't know. What, maybe well, I I'm just... Say, well, I mean, Because that's what I'm hearing from good, you. A good example is what you said, the Dalai Lama, yeah. who is very much who he is. It's not like he's practicing 20 different mm -hmm. religions at once, mm -hmm. but he's a universal figure. Right. Because he doesn't say, you have to be like me right. to be... In good fact, or kind or whatever it is. That, he says, yeah. be the religion exactly. in your area. That you are, which That's what, is he, what says. he says. He says, wherever yes. you live, you should practice that religion. Yep. Like that's exactly. your group. So that's, I mean, yes. 
he must be a good market. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he is good. I mean, he's he got many good. books. And, yep. you know, we sat yes. with him for an hour and a yep. half. And, and a lot of the things that he said were in exactly the books. Exactly so. Yep. That's right. So he is. His message is simple. It's repetitive. Yes. And repetition is uh, and, also a help in learning. And he's a good-humored human being. He, he laughs. <laughs> Have he you met him then? Yeah, he sympathizes. He's a he's kid, not, right? Right, exactly. Like he walked into the room and there was a secure, the security, there was yeah. about a, there was about 10 of us. Mm-hmm. And um, he walked into the room and the, um, the security guy that we had with us, he, he had, we need security with the Dalai Lama, right, but right. Um, he has, he had a braid off of his chin. He had a goatee right. with a braid. And the first thing that His Holiness did when he walked in is he grabbed it and yanked on it. And he didn't just like, right touch this thing he was like whoa and the neck is going and i'm like wow this guy so he's very playful and very childlike and it was a it's a really endearing quality it's very relatable because we've all been there right Right. we've all been childlike at some point in time so 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 i also think that it that exactly that it depends who your priest minister rabbi was because a lot of times what people will think of the religion is who that person standing up there is and that's another both burden and privilege because well, you, you can make it great or you can create I a, think you're a doing an problem. incredible job well, of being you. inclusive thank and you. You, know, w- w- you know other religious leaders, whether it be Sadhguru mm-hmm. or um, any, any Christian leaders, that you are inclusive and that the message isn't uh, you know, uh, fixed on the Jewish religion mm-hmm. and everyone doing those, practicing mm-hmm. those practices, but... Um, you know, I'm getting maybe it's you know find your community and find get, you let your let your let these well-established communities. So I would say I want Jews back. to be more Jewish, and I want everyone else to be more of what they are, and I want people to be able to both appreciate and reach across those borders to be yeah. grateful yeah. that there is this difference. You know, I mean, yeah. I think that that's look when I go to speak in a church, the only reason they invite me is because I'm so Jewish. They don't invite me because I'm nothing. They invite me because I'm something. That's right. That's and, true. and when I invite, you know, yeah. pastors to speak, yeah. it's because they're something. So they invite me because I was a girl race car driver, right? <laughs> right I mean, exactly. like what is different being about something, you? Being something is a good thing. So tolerance is, is thing. what we need. Yeah, I we think so. We need a lot more empathy and tolerance. I will sign on to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's our purpose then? I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about religion yeah. itself, but as a human being, um, you know, what are we here on this planet to do? And how are we going to make the world a better place, a better place. essentially, right? So like, oh. I think you're here to grow in soul. And the way you do that is in part by recognizing... Iris Murdoch, who is a, an, an Irish writer, English writer, um, said that falling in love is the very difficult realization that someone else is real because actually realizing that someone else is fully real is not an easy thing to do. That their needs are as real as yours. And I think that that's what we grow towards. That's a great way to describe it. I've never heard it described like that. It's it's a brilliant description. Instead of being selfish in your own place and going like, Like oh, they are in need of these things. So I think that that's what we're supposed to grow towards. But that's that's a lifetime. It's respect. That is a lifetime. It is respect. It's empathy. It's understanding. Mm -hmm. It's tolerance. And it's also that sort of magic... Yeah. Some somehow spark of love for someone else that you can give them the dignity of being themselves as opposed to just being a projection of you. 
I wrote a book called Holographic Universe, and you just said the word projection, so yeah. it got me thinking. But yeah. we won't go too far down that road. So how I I'm very passionate about like the the fundamental of do good is is mm -hmm. great and all, but let's actually fit. What are some some calls to action that we can use in our really everyday life? A practice, a discipline that we can use to 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 make that a reality for them for yourself like from for instance for me i will write in a journal and i will write you know words of affirmation about positive things that i'm either doing or that i want right and you know i try and really manifest my life through thinking about what i do want and not what i don't want right and um so there's some more things but that's a real simple one that i so use. i mean i think gratitude is, is an incredibly <laughs> important feature of mm -hmm. being a good person um and and the first thing you're supposed to say actually is as a Jew waking up in the morning is modani lefanecha, which means I am grateful to you because you open your eyes and it's a new day. Um, and I would say if the only sort of modification I would make to the routine is not only words of affirmation about what I want, but words of resolve about what I will do for somebody else. Because also because to be honest, in do, it's amazing what you get out of doing things for someone else. It's just, I mean, I have this with my daughter all the time. Um, I'll, it'll be Saturday night and I'll have to go do a wedding. And I'll say, I can't believe I have to get up off the couch. And I have to go put on a tuxedo and I have to go do a wedding. And she will invariably say to me, you say this all the time and then you'll come back from the wedding and I'll say, how was it that? And you'll say, it was great. Oh, because in it's in doing something, I go to any wedding. I've never been to a Jewish oh, wedding, but I'd love it. That's one of the best things you get to do as a rabbi. Is mm. you get to do a wedding, which everybody's is everybody's so, there in love. Exactly, everybody's there fantastic. to have a good time. It is fantastic, right? Exactly. Um, it's food and dancing and and love. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good trifecta. Yeah, the so, energy is high there. So. I really do think, and by the way, uh, the same thing is true when I go on a hospital visit and the same thing is true when I do a funeral. I leave the funeral not high like a wedding, but feeling if I did it well, like that was the most meaningful yeah. and satisfying thing I could possibly have done yeah. with this day. Yeah. So I really think that if people were more aware of how much they would get out yeah. of those kinds of activities, yeah. they'd do the more. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take that a step further to saying yeah. if to, to not only maybe because I've actually done that. I mean, it sounds like, like can't you try harder, Danica? Right. But I had heard that before where you wake up and just say you're grateful. Yeah. Like, just that's it. Right. And I did that a couple of times. So I was like, yeah. that felt good. Of course, right. I didn't do it right, anymore. Right. But, exactly. Um, but well, I, that's why. OK, so the fact that you didn't do it anymore. Yeah. That's why I want to say that religion is a discipline. It's not okay. just a feeling. I like that. It's not just a feeling. Spirituality, good spirituality is also a discipline. I mm -hmm. mean, people who are really deeply spiritual, they mm -hmm. all have spiritual disciplines. Yeah. Because the forcing yourself to do something when you don't want to is part of the getting yeah. there. You know, it just is. Mm -hmm. It's like practicing an instrument. Yeah. I, there's a great story about Isaac Stern, who was a famous violinist. And after a concert, a woman came up to him and said, you know, I would do anything to play the violin like you. And he said, Really, would you practice 12 hours a day for 20 years? Because that's what I did. And that's, I mean, don't you have people who came up to you and say, boy, I wish I could do what yeah. you did. And you think oh, they yeah. have no idea how much yeah. hard work went into doing what you did. 
Yeah, that's same true. thing. Same thing with spirituality or religion. Anything that you practice, you get better at. Yep. You have to want something enough. You do. It's important to have goals, right? right. Exactly. Um, what? What leads to a good question? <laughs> what are your goals? Um, <clears throat> these days, it's pretty broad. These but... days, um, I think that my goals are not so much to do other than what I've been doing, but to do it better and to do it um, in a hopefully over time in a broader platform, exactly what you were talking about. Because yeah. I feel as though there are things that I've learned over the course of my lifetime, over the course of being a rabbi, that like we talked about today, that if you express them, people go, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But they don't, but, but they're generally not known, so. How I, could you do that? Media. I would do your podcast. <laughs> that's right. I mean, it's true. It's a, yeah. it's a beautiful platform right. that's a, emerging yep. with these um, long. I mean, I've done a bajillion interviews. I'm right, sure I'm you've sure. done right. a ton of right. interviews. And the norm is five to seven minutes, right? Yes. It's like if you get two com- right. if you get through a commercial break and still get to keep going, that is a yeah. long interview. Exactly. So I love this new expanded platform yeah. of media in a digital way that creates the, you know, just an opportunity to explain something exactly. and help people, you know, really engage. And, um, you know, maybe some of it has some repetition feel to it. So instead of hearing something for a hot second, you get to listen to it for an hour, you know, and you're like, wow. And they were really amazing. And so, and it's almost like, it's almost like travel. Like in travel, you go to these places and you actually go there and you spend time. Yes. And you're like, wow, they're good. It's like you listen to someone that's if, you know, people that are Jewish listen to this mm-hmm. and they hear that I'm not, and they hear that I'm not even really what I would right. call religious. Yep. And they go, but she seems good, you know? <laughs> and right. people that are on my yeah. side would right. say, you seem good. Right. And so these extended platforms are really pretty amazing. They are too. amazing because you actually feel like you're getting someone's message as opposed to the curated yeah. three minutes that they prepared yeah. beforehand. And hack up, right? Exactly, they Hack yes. up your minutes. <laughs> so I agree. It's really, I mean, in that sense, like I, I know there are, what they call content, um, it's remarkable how much you can you can take from the world now if you want yeah. to. I think that you should start your own podcast, and that you should you sh- it should be like religion on religion, and you guys you yeah. should you should be talking to other people that believe other things, and then it'll be transformative for people to yeah. understand how you know, like the old Apple commercial, I think it's like, we're more similar than we are. We're more alike than we are, um, you know, uh, different. And I know a totally very well-known true. podcast producer who's been making exactly <laughs> that case to me. Oh man, that's true. You should, you totally should. I think that's a fantastic idea because, you know, I, I being the leader that you are, it's an, you know, you have, you have the ability to, um, and the credibility, which is really an important yeah. thing to, uh, deepen the message of inclusiveness and deepen the message of community and giving back and gratefulness and empathy mm-hmm. and all those things that we need more of. And as you talk to other people, it will be it will become so much more obvious that it doesn't really matter what you practice. You just need to practice something. Right. Yes, I I think that that's as long as you practice something that actually has some substance and is real. 
it can mm -hmm. advance your life tremendously. That's yeah. why when people ask me what the goal of life is, and I say to grow in soul, I usually add something like, and there are infinite ways to do that. Yeah. I mean, you can do it in all the yeah. ways that there are to be human. Yeah. It just depends yeah. whether you have a trajectory of growth or you don't care. Yeah. So. Okay, well, would you, uh, would you um, on this podcast promote mm -hmm. the um, absence of uh, abuse and murder to sentient beings by promoting veganism? Hmm. I absolutely would. <laughs> Because oh, I know you're a vegan. Was two, that a dramatic yes. intro into yeah, you know was. talking really, about being say, a vegan? <laughs> I'd say for 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 more than one reason. I mean, first of all, I really think that this is one of those things that a hundred years from now, just like we look back on all sorts of things. I know what you're going to say, and I totally yeah. believe you. A hundred years from now, people are going to say, "How did we do we that?" Right, exactly. Oh my God, I think the same thing. And I think there's no way we're going to murder. Right. murder this adorable little pig or this baby cow and call it a veal and eat it and steal its milk and tear families apart. And I totally also, agree with you. And also, even if you think that that won't happen, there is no question in my mind, and I don't see how anybody could really disagree with this, but some will, that when you look back on how meat is produced, and how chicken is produced yeah. in this. I mean, yeah. we torture animals oh, and then we God. eat them. So even if you thought that eating them was okay, nobody can defend the, t the way that yeah. they're treated and the torture that they go through. You know, I, I am not all the way there, but I thought years mm -hmm. ago, my first step was, well, I would never kill an animal but if it's dead already and on the shelf, the next worst thing is that it died for nothing. Right. Okay, that was the first yeah. step, right? Yeah. The second step was, okay, I now realize that if I buy it, I contribute to the cycle. Right. Right? I don't think it tastes bad. I have no problem. No, it's delicious. Right. That's not the problem. The problem is ethics. And the problem is, you know, I did a, a routine dive on Instagram into mm. slaughter videos, mm. and that was shocking. Yeah. To watch, I watched this one video. It was obviously not at a, you know, mass production place, which would, I don't know if it's worse or not, but it was a cow chained up to the wall, the very, very short chain, and the dad had a saw and you couldn't really see what happened, but it alive was standing there and it slit its throat. Mm -hmm. And then as it fell, he handed the saw to his child. And I'm like, who can do this? And how asleep as a human being with empathy do you have to be to do that? Yeah. I mean, there's no question that it coarsens you and it makes you less aware of the fact that you're taking life, which you are. I mean, it's not human life, but it's life. Um, and, and also, the other side of it is, I also think that it's better. It's better for human beings, and it's better for the world. Right. And I, there was a Yiddish writer, Isaac Bashev, a singer who was a vegetarian like 50, 60 years ago when nobody was, and he, was, he won the Nobel Prize, and, and when he was at the Nobel Prize thing, Someone asked him if he did it for his health, and he said, no, I do it for the health of the chickens. Yeah. And I thought, they're both true. Yeah. You know? it's, I think that there's no question that 
that's, I mean, it's clear already that the world is somewhat moving in that direction, but yep. it's going to be a long and difficult Yeah, well, again, it's, and I it's, understand it's a culture. That. It's, it's an it institution, yep. right? And just like all the rest of them, they're going to mm -hmm. take a while to change. But I've seen such positive things about, you know, the, the dairy, you know, right. wall is now half half plant-based now instead right. of... That's the other thing is science will help <clears throat> because they'll create burgers from a cell Which I, do you or something eat like that. Do you eat like a Beyond Burger or Impossible Burger? I've had burger? Beyond Burgers and I've had Impossible Burgers. Yeah. 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 I, I like, they're fine. Impossible yeah. tastes pretty legit. Yeah. The Beyond Burger came out with a new recipe and it is good, but it's a little bit more, it, you get a little bit more of the feeling of plant-based, mm -hmm. but... They are good. Now, yeah. I, I mean, I have a standard of keeping your ingredients limited, and they do have a little yeah. bit more. But if you really look at, because I, I wrote a book called Pretty Intense, and I it has it's all health and fitness. And mind you, there are recipes in it that have to do with meat, because I ate right. meat back then more, um, and I very rarely do now. Um, but uh, but it, it, it was really like, um, you know, a difficult... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a difficult thing for people to overcome. It is. It takes to, time. And I don't, I, I really, the pattern. when people, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a judgy yeah. vegan. No, I'm really right. not. When I go out to dinner with people, if they order meat, that's fine with me. I don't, I yeah. don't tell them you shouldn't do that. I think there's two um, things that could yeah. help. One, we should, we should limit the portion size in restaurants. Well, that's also true. Right? Yeah. If we just limit it to like that is also true. Know, right. eight or 10 ounces, yeah. of like that, that'd be the max. That would be a lot less dead animals. And then at the extreme, you go, well, there, if you still did kill animals, which they did back in the day to survive, right. what if we actually had to go do it ourselves? Yeah. Imagine how many less animals would be dead then. Right. I don't think that's going to happen. No, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you on that. Right. Uh, I'm with you on that core value, yeah. and I I um I think that it is like you said, it's the empathy seeping into mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, I don't even kill bugs now. What's what's going on with me? <laughs> really? Like I said, I was paddleboarding on a lake the other day, yeah. and there was a, a something on my leg, and I kind of flicked, and it was it was a ladybug. Uh -huh. So I made sure that ladybug rode on that paddleboard all the way back into shore so that I could take it off the paddleboard and put it on a bush. That is a very high standard uh, of creature care. I'll give you another example. This <laughs> yeah. one's a little bit more, I know you're a yeah. rabbi, but bear yeah. with me here. Yeah. Um, as, a, as a spiritual um, guru, a leader, uh, I was in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> it starts like that. And there was like a giant, um, like, I don't know what they're called. They have really long legs and they fly. I can't remember what the name of them is, but it was in there and I was trying to get rid of it. And I actually did try and get it down the down the yeah. down the drain and that sucker was a fighter so I picked it up <laughs> and I put it on the wall and like you just stay right here and don't land on me and I let that thing live because wow. I was like you're a fighter let me get you off the wall wow. off the off the off the drowning surface again that is a pretty high standard but it's the yeah. empathy getting into right. everything yeah yeah so. I think that's an important thing well, um, thank you very much for sharing your perspectives, and You're very welcome. you know, I'd love to come hear you speak at your synagogue. I'm I, sure we would, would be, love to have you. Um, sure, it would, we would be love a really it would be an honor. beneficial experience. Thank so, you. thank you very much. Pleasure. Thanks everybody for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it, and also thank you so much, Trevor Hall, for the awesome music. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.